Oh, hi, welcome to Do It Today. So something I've struggled with lately, basically over the past decade, is developing a solid morning routine. Today I'm talking with my friend Jake Kahana, who has his routine timed down to the minute. We also talk about his strategy for corralling emails and the importance of monotasking. Here we go. Yeah, and my intention for today is going to be to not give advice, to answer questions and share about what's going on. That's sort of where the best advice comes from, right? Like our own experiences. So you're the co-founder of Cave Day, which just got a great write-up in the New York Times, which I'm sure has drawn a lot of new attention to the platform. And you're also a designer, an entrepreneur, a teacher. And so you have so much going on. And I was just wondering what today looked like for you. Today is a typical Monday. The last couple weeks anyway seem relatively typical. So I get up about six o'clock. I have a, a morning routine that has been relatively the same for the last 15 years, which is I get up, I have a glass of water, I have a banana, and I journal. Not any real big prompts or anything, just sort of like, what's going on? What am I thinking about? What's stuck in my head? It's just a helpful way for me to dump what's on my mind first thing in the morning. And then my kids wake up. So I have two kids. I have a f- almost four-year-old and a one-year-old, and they get up about 6.30. So I have a half hour to like get some thinking done and just like, I need some time to wake up. And then I'm with them for an hour and a half to make them breakfast. We get dressed. You know, we hang out, we play. And then the nanny gets in at eight and at 8.05, I'm exercising. Either I'm out for a run or I'm on a bike. I'm downstairs at 8.35. I'm making myself a little egg sandwich. I'm making my daughter breakfast. I go upstairs, shower, and I'm out the door at five to nine. I'm taking her to camp or school. Then I'm back home at 9.10, make a tea or I fill my cup for water. I do somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes of meditation. And then I start my day just about 9.30 and then I work. Oh my gosh. Well, is it safe to say you're a person who thrives on routine? Yes. And I think the truth is, is I'm very disciplined and I'm very structured. Even if that means that, you know, last Friday, I structured in three hours of my afternoon to take off. And I went to a cafe and I, you know, added pastry and I sketched in my sketchbook and I listened to an audiobook and had a great day. But I needed to like put it in my calendar to structure it. And so I live by my calendar, but I also built in time for not work as well. Are all of these things on your calendar every day or are they just so ingrained in you at this point? Let me check. They're, they're pretty much ingrained. I do. I don't know why it's in my calendar, but I do have journal and I have exercise and I have meditate every day. So what happens if there's a sort of X factor that comes up and complicates this kind of morning routine or does that never happen? It happens often. I guess a couple things happen. One, I tend to have a worse day. If my kids wake up at 5.30 or the nanny doesn't show up or something like that, it just throws off my day. I like routine. I like structure. I learned that I need that time in the morning to get mentally prepared for working. And yeah, if I don't journal, if I don't exercise, I just feel like I'm behind. And I I know that there's like a whole capitalism story to tell here that like I've been ingrained to be productive and to need to work and produce all the time which I don't love that idea of it. But when it gets thrown off, I think I end up having a worse day and I try to make sure that it doesn't compound. Meaning anything I can do to get ahead of the issues that will come in terms of if I can push a deadline or cancel a meeting or have a lighter day makes things a little bit better. Yeah. So what does a typical work session, work day look like after the morning routine is complete? Is it calls? Is it meetings, cave day sessions, Zooms? What what does that look like for you? 
I feel like it's always changing, mostly because my kids' lives are changing and because my work is changing. But the simple version is like about three hours in the morning for my most important task, deep thinking. As a quick aside, I run a company called Cave Day. We run work sessions facilitated by our team called Caves. They're one hour and three hour sessions. So we have one that starts at 930 and it's a three hour session. And I'd say like three or four days a week, I'm in that 930 session. It's three hours of work with two breaks about at each hour mark. Uh, and a break is just sort of like stand up and stretch, go refill your water, you know, join, join a breakout room with a couple other people from around the world. And it's really a fun way to get my work done and feel energized by like physical activity and social connection. So my morning, again, is like three hours of deep thinking on a big challenging task or things that need some extra time. Then I usually take a break for lunch or do things around the house. That's usually when my energy dips. So between like 1230 or one and 233 is when I'll have lunch schedule most of my meetings if I can. I try to not schedule any meetings in the morning and then I'll do my like lower mental capacity work in the afternoon. It's scheduling, it's pulling data, it's responding to emails. You know, I say that, oh, I don't check my email in the morning. And the truth is, is like, I don't really respond to emails in the morning, but I check my email much too much, you know, probably five to 10 times between that 9am and 1pm window. This is a habit that has been difficult for me to break. So we've been friends for a couple of years. And one thing I often think about is your email habits. So for a while, you had in your signature that your emails were always five sentences or fewer, which oh, I yeah. found so helpful and fascinating, and also made my email responses to you much shorter. I was wondering if you still abide by the five sentences or fewer, and then how that might help your work habits as well. I don't. And actually, I'm writing it down because I want to bring it back. I remember reading it in someone else's signature with a link like, here's why. The short version is like, I get many more emails in than I can possibly respond to out. And so it's just going to make my life easier if I keep it short and explain why in a link. I'd like to bring that back. I don't use it anymore. And I think it's a great tool. One, technologically, that there's a link that I can just click to explain what's going on. And then secondarily, it's just socially, by explaining it, it creates an awareness of what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to cut things short. Like if we want to connect, let's get coffee. Let's have a phone call. I've tried a lot of things with email. Another one was a tool that I used called Inbox When Ready, which was a plugin for Gmail that allowed it to count how many times it checked my inbox and for how long. So it would be like, you check your inbox 11 times today for a total of eight minutes or something. It sort of gamified it for myself. I'd say, oh, can I keep it under 10 today? Or can I, can I keep it under 10 minutes? I used Inbox When Ready for about two or three years, actually. I loved that it told me how often I checked my email, which was horrifying to learn. But also, you can hide your inbox. So you could oh, right. email and then it would basically hide the number of new emails that you had, but you could still compose an email. And I thought that was really helpful. But like with all tools, you know, we use them, we discard them, we pick them back up again when we need them. One of the cave day beliefs is to start with the hard thing first, which sounds like you do in the morning, you know, having that deep focus on one task. But why is that so important? Largely, it's based on studies around energy management. So when you have the most mental energy, and I'd, I think about two thirds of us have most of our mental energy in the morning or late morning, 
you know, there's the one third that are night owls and just don't do good work in the morning. You're thinking your best between 7 p.m. and midnight. I think most of us are morning people or some version of that. The idea is when you have the most mental energy, before you've fallen down the rabbit hole of email or gotten caught up in other people's requests of your time, email, deadlines, colleagues, anything like that, doing the most important thing for yourself first allows you to overall improve your relationship to work. And that's a phrase that we use a lot at Cave Day, which is this idea that if I've gotten my most important work done and it's 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, that the rest of the day feels like bonus. It's like icing on the cake. Like I already got my biggest thing done. I got my hard thing out of the way. I used to do it the opposite. Before I learned all this science of focus and productivity, I had a whole philosophy about momentum. Let me just do some easy things. I feel like I'm getting productive. And then let me get to my big task once I've like knocked out the easy stuff. And what would happen so regularly was I would go out to lunch or I'd have a lunch and I didn't think about my own energy. I would like have this desire to have a burrito nap, you know, after lunch. And it's like, well, I don't want to think about like the strategy for next year's marketing plan, or I don't want to think about new ideas for what we're going to do to talk about this new product or whatever. And so I would just sort of like push it or do kind of like a half-assed job. And that's not really the way that our best work gets done. I'm someone who has had many burrito naps in her life, so I completely understand. Another big cave day tenant is monotasking. Obviously, when you go into a cave, the idea is that you should focus on one task and see it through until the end of the cave. If we're trying to be really productive, I feel like there's that impulse to listen to the podcast while you run an errand, while you <laughs> are texting a friend to set up a meeting. You know, it's it's that... yeah constant churn. Why is monotasking so important? I think we've all been trained to optimize our time. We feel like time is limited and I could go on for hours about this. You know, it's like rooted in the industrial revolution and equating time with money and our value and our worth is associated with how much we can produce. And so every second we're not working feels like we're wasting our time and wasting our lives and we're not worth anything and we're not enough and we're not all this stuff. What monotasking looks like to me is the idea that like you're fully focused on whatever it is that's in front of you. And it's a muscle that we have to practice flexing, meaning that it doesn't just happen at work. At work, we're so used to like, oh, let me just write this email. I sit down, I start writing it and oh, now it's it's getting a little hard. So let me just jump to that Google Doc because I know I need to edit that. And then let me jump to my bank account because it's the last week of the month. I got to make sure I have enough. I don't want to overdraft. And then let me jump to Amazon. I'm going to buy that book because I was just reminded that, you know, Kara recommended this book, Uh, you know, and it it feels productive because I'm doing all these things. And what science and psychology continue to tell us is that multitasking is a myth. What most of us believe multitasking is which is like, I'm writing an email and I'm buying groceries and I'm checking my Google Doc and I'm checking my bank account. And the truth is what's going on in our brain is you can only pay attention to one thing at a time. It's funny that I I have to like step out of this explanation for a second because I'm multitasking right now. My daughter has walked into my room and I'm trying to like focus on the task at hand and be a good parent and pay attention to her. Um, And this is the reality of working from home during a pandemic and being a parent. Even if you're not a parent, you've got a lot of other responsibilities and things going on. So when we we monotask, what ends up happening, I'm gonna go back to this idea of flexing the muscle. 
is that you're fully paying attention to one thing at a time. So the work that you're doing, you're present with the work until it's done, until it's time to move the next one. And you're moving onto that email and you're sitting with the problem. I, I don't know how to write this. Let me try one thing. No, that's not right. Let me try it again. And I'm sitting with it until it's done. And it's really building this muscle of I'm not trying to do a bunch of things at once and avoiding that uncomfortableness that comes with being stuck or not sure what comes next. And so the same practice needs to happen outside of work too, in order to get really good at this, which is, you know, when I'm with my friends, I need to be fully present with my friends and not texting and calling and scrolling. And when I'm watching a show, I should be watching a show and not also answering my emails and doing work. I'm not perfect at this. I often multi-screen or check my phone. And, and it's just something that I'm trying to be more aware of because I know that when I get better at monotasking, my work is better. I'm more creative. I'm more present with my friends. It makes my whole life better. And so that's ultimately why it's the number one cave day tenant, because it improves every part of your life if you get better at monotasking. Well, so aside from cave day, do you have any other resources or software or tools that you use on a daily basis that you feel like helps you do better work? I use freedom a lot. Freedom is a tech tool that allows you to block websites and apps on my phone and it syncs from my phone to my computer. So if I want to like really go into the cave, that's been really helpful. I've also been using Apple's focus modes. So in iOS and in OSX, you can turn on different focus modes. It automatically turns on when I'm in the car, like when my phone syncs to my radio or whatever audio system, it says, oh, now I'm in the car, which I've set up to mean I don't get any texts and I only get calls from my nanny, my wife and my parents and my in-laws. And so I've set up several different modes for focused work in the cave work, which is no notifications. Focused work is like, again, similar people and I get calendar notifications in case I have a meeting coming up or something I, I need to get lost in it. So that's been really helpful for me. And so last question, when you're done for the day, you know, when you shut the laptop, are you actually done for the day or does your work sort of bleed into evening time? Like what signals to you that it's time to shut down? I've made a pretty clear boundary that when I'm done in the afternoons, I'm done. And so to me, the signal is I've crossed off everything or nearly everything on my to-do list. If I haven't crossed off anything, I either call it a wash, I'm not going to get it done today or reassign it for another day this week. I use Notion and I have like a pretty in-depth as you can probably imagine based on my schedule alone, like I use Notion pretty intensely in terms of like my schedule and my to-do list and stuff. But so once I've crossed off my to-do list or push things over to the next day, it's usually time because our nanny leaves at six. I have to have dinner ready by the time she leaves. So, you know, around five, five thirty, I'm I'm like pretty much wrapping things up. I, I try to end all my meetings by five. So I have nothing else coming up. I have this little ritual. I go through my to-do list, make sure everything's done. And then I close my computer and, and I'm done. It's taken me several years to not, you know, check my email or get some work done while, you know, my wife and I are watching TV or instead of TV that we're working at night. I've tried to make that a pretty clear boundary because I've just found that like the quality of my work is not good at that time. And it's better for my marriage. It's better for my life if I don't continue to work and I just cut it off. 
This has been an incredibly encouraging conversation. I want to adopt freedom into my life, Apple's focus mode, Notion, I'll finally figure out how to use it and start a nice morning routine. So thank you so much for expounding on all of the ways you get things done. I know this is going to be really encouraging to other people too. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kara. And also, if you want to get into Notion, I'm happy to share templates and all kinds of resources that I have for that. Great to catch up with you again. Yeah, it's a it's a very uh, sort of directed catch up, but I feel like I have such a good sense of what you're up to and what you're doing. And seriously, your morning routine is one to envy. So I need to get on that. <laughs>